Welcome to Growing Up Boomer. I'm your host, Padre, with my co-host, Cotton. And this podcast is dedicated to the life and times of the baby boomer generation. The show is loosely scripted, and sometimes we'll go down rabbit holes, and where it leads us to, one will never know. This podcast can be informative, funny, and sometimes irreverent. But most of all, we hope you find it entertaining. Hey, Cotton, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fine, Padre, and yourself. Oh, man, I cannot complain, alrighty. But you know when you get our age, you know why we smile so much as retirees? I don't know. <laughs> because we can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, the thing about getting old, mm-hmm. the older you get, the earlier it gets late. <laughs> my, my, my kids can't believe, oh, yeah, four o'clock's at dinner time. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, before we get into our uh, podcast, I, it was so funny. You know it is a slow news day, and it is slow news day every summer because, you know, most of the time Congress is away, and so there's nothing happening, right? Mm-hmm. When they start doing UFOs, is the government hiding something? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Shark Week. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you get the shark week and you get the UFOs and everybody's all, oh, this is a sign of intelligent life. I mean, that's what you hear all the time. If yep. they're so intelligent, yep. how come they're allowing us to photograph them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then why is it the photographs all look like, they all look like they're taken by 1950s technology, all grainy and black and white? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how come these things ain't crystal clear? I mean, they could put an iPhone on those on those jets and get a better picture. <laughs> and you know that. And if they're so intelligent, how come they keep crashing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is advanced technology. Yeah. We got more crashes from UFOs than airplanes. <laughs> they're all they're all coming back looking for those people. <laughs> Oh, hey, get, get this. This is a great article I was reading. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says, I made my boyfriend take his shirt off at the airport so I can use it to cover my designer suitcase. <laughs> a woman has gone to desperate lengths to protect her $300 carry on after she was told she had to check it in. Jen. <laughs> who regularly posts about her travels to TikTok, of course, that's the whole idea, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe half of these stories. I think they just say that they do these things so they can be on TikTok. Revealed oh, yeah. in a viral clip that she used her boyfriend's T-shirt to cover her, her bag after she was told she couldn't take it on the flight. Then who was flying from Mexico to California when staff informed her that there was not enough room in the overhead locker for her bag and that it would have to be checked in. Now, wait a minute. This person is supposed to be an influencer, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's on TikTok. Apparently, she's an influencer because this whole thing got like a, a million uh, clicks. No. Why, really? why, well, yeah. Why is she not flying first class? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's flying with the rest of us. <laughs> the rest of us know low lives. <laughs> yeah. 
and you read on and people are upset and some people are upset and some people are saying good. My question is, because they didn't say anything, the dude gave his t-shirt up. Did he go on the plane without the t-shirt? Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a dude shirtless in the, in the airplane? <laughs> hey, hey, and come on, Cotton. Someone like me, it would be, it would be a misdemeanor if I went around without a t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, this is what kills me. Okay. And this is us about America. We think we have it. We think we have it so bad. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, we can only afford three hundred dollar uh, luggage. <laughs> yeah. I know. Get this. Eighty percent of the population in the world lives on less than ten dollars a day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that 6.48 billion people live on less than $10 a day. <laughs> yeah. And get this. And get this. Of that 80%, 50% live on less than $5.5 per day. <laughs> That's 4.05 billion people. And 37% of that 80% live on less than $2.50 a day. That's 2.99 billion people. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> well, know? I think that's my category, too. I, I think I can live off of $10 a month. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's Social Security, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we worry about stuff like this, and most of the world is, you know, they're looking at us with envious eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're looking at us the way we look at billionaires. <laughs> No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, and some sad news, man. Uh -oh. Okay. Uh, and you're gonna have to help me on this one. Yeah, I know you're a big Eagles fan, but uh, who is a base? Yeah. Who is a base player for the Eagles? Meisner. Michael Meisner. Yeah. Yeah. He passed away. Oh. Yeah. Man. You know, I, I figured you, you're gonna start wearing a black armband now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> what a drag. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I think he was on the road with them the last. For a while, I don't believe. Yeah, because you're a big Eagles fan, so you know all that stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. My wife's a big Eagles fan. I probably should have asked her about it. Yeah, but, but she she got hooked on the Eagles late, shall we say, later in life, not when they were really popular. But she really started oh, enjoying her. You know, when she started kind of going over to the countryside, she really started getting into the Eagles because they had that uh, that sound, a pretty good modern country sound type of thing. Oh, yeah, I think I got all of their albums. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, and yeah. I've heard you played some on your guitar. You do very well with a lot of the Eagles songs. Yeah. Uh, and then some more sad news. We lost Pee Wee Herman. Ah. Uh, That's right. Pee Wee Herman. Okay. My hero. Yes. <laughs> I know you liked him. <laughs> his, his full name was Paul Rubenfield. Oh, I knew, I thought it was Paul Rubens, but right, Ruben Field. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And he was well. That was his stage name was Paul Ruben. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this thing about Rubens. Okay. He was. He's not much. And this is it. I, I wanted to say he died young because he's not much older than me. He's only older than me by a few months. <laughs> okay. Oh. Boy. So, so. Oh yeah. He was young. Wow, <laughs> but but uh, oh yeah yeah and and, and uh, the, where he got his shtick so to speak, and when he was very young, 
where he lived and where he went to high school was the headquarters of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Really? Yeah, so he got a lot of that. He'd love to visit the headquarters. So wow. he got and then and the other thing is that he grew up on I Love Lucy reruns and he decided early in life he said, I really want to make people laugh. And he got that clown type of style uh-huh. uh, from hanging around uh, uh, Ringling Brothers in uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus headquarters. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the that's oh, that's, that's the rumor. But yeah, yeah, that's what that's what they said is that he just really enjoyed that type of thing. And of course, he had basically kind of like me, other than one incident, he had basically a uh, uneventful life. In other words, he was pretty quiet until uh, they caught him in the uh, adult theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had everything well yeah. in hand, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm still cleaning off my neck. <laughs> <laughs> but you're running a kid's program. That is not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. Some of his movies, I went, I, I, I only seen one movie. Okay, and that was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm -hmm. And I think my kids kind of watched the uh, Pee Wee Playhouse and the Pee Wee Herman show and stuff like that. He also came out in a few movies, like he was the voice on Flight of the Navigator of the of the uh, spaceship. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. He uh. was, yeah, he was on. He was in the movie, the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. God, I don't, I didn't know that either. Oh yeah, uh. <laughs> he's got that one part in his dying scene. He's going, ooh. Oh, it's ah. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and then uh, what else? Uh, he was a one. He voiced one of the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, so he was, he was quite active. I mean, you know, but it's just sad. Uh, he was seventy years old, passed away. Yeah, and I saw him in a play, which oh. was great. Oh, really? In, in, yeah, we had a few people. We all went down to see it in Hollywood there, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. well, it wasn't really a play. It was. Uh, he did Pee Wee's Playhouse, uh -huh. and um, and uh, at the end of the show, which was which, just I dropped laughing out of the chair. Was uh, um, <laughs> he flies, <laughs> and you and you say so long, everybody. <laughs> and you see his feet feet dangling in the air, <laughs> flying for the. Oh, it was hilarious! You you got him down pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well hey i got a movie review too okay all right this is more of a consumer warning than a movie review <laughs> okay okay the name of the movie is 65 okay i heard of it well obviously a lot of other people didn't hear about it either which stands no. for 65 million years it stars okay. adam driver which is the new kind of like darth vader guy in the star wars uh-huh and in the film, he's a pilot that crashes into an unknown planet, and he attempts to escape with a surviving young girl. It is only an hour and 33 minutes long, and you know credits are usually 10 minutes no long. Okay? Way. Yeah. It seems like it lasts 65 million years. Oh, you went and saw it then? No, I didn't win. So it's, on, uh, it's on streaming. Oh. Okay. I, I really wanted to see it because it looked intriguing. Alrighty, and I'm going like, yeah, I want to see this movie, and oh, I am so glad I didn't pay for it or use one of my credits. <laughs> oh, oh man, if you've got insomnia, this is the movie to see. And I thought it would be great. It's got dinosaurs in it, and oh, and this is the interesting stuff. 
it's about an, an alien race, apparently very advanced, that comes to Earth 65 million years ago. But they don't come willingly. They crash. There you go. All right, intelligent life, and you crash on Earth. You kill everybody on the on the on the ship except this one young girl that lives, it's like a nine year old or something like that, nine ten year old. Okay, so they the ship breaks apart. They got to go to the other ship. And one thing I learned is the aliens brought English and the metric system to the Earth. <laughs> this guy speaks English. He's using the metric system. So we're about 15 clicks away from Well, so that's where the metric system came from. <laughs> and you would think this would be exciting because they got dinosaurs in it. And the whole thing is, it's just before the big asteroid hits, the theory that there was a huge asteroid and it crashed into the Earth and it killed off the dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But they served no purpose in the movie. In other words, you would think that because they were there, that they would somehow have influenced humanity. But no. (laughs) Not a chance. Yeah. (laughs) And even the critics said that, too. One critic said, you would think with Adam Driver and prehistoric dinosaurs that this would be an exciting movie, but it's not. <laughs> oh, since we're going to get into our podcast about one hit wonders in the seventies, how about a few oh, things that okay. happened in rock and roll on August fourth? Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Nineteen sixty-three, the Beatles appear on the U.S. record charts for the first time. From me yeah. to you, it debuts at one hundred and sixteen. Huh? Wow. Yes, sir. Huh. And by 63 and 66, they are the most popular band in all of the world. And John Lennon, in 1966, on this day, makes a statement that they're more popular than Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I, could have, if I could have had those albums that were being burned, oh, can you imagine how much money they were? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I got a few of them. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you do. What a what a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was that was him. Carpenters, I think, in 1973 led the cash box charts with Yesterday Once More, number two in the UK. Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. Robert Plant. If you remember this, in 1975, suffered a, a severe injuries in a car accident while he was vacationing in the Mediterranean islands of Rhodes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. His wife and his, uh, I think his wife, son, and daughter, I mean, they suffered broken bones and bruises and all of that stuff. Wow. They were looking at doing a fall tour. That delayed them by about two years. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one last thing in 1980, uh, John Lennon, as you remember, took up like a five-year hiatus from creating music. And then in 1980, they began recording their Double Fantasy album. The uh, Yoko Ono days. That was that was released in November, less oh, than a month okay. before he was gunned down in New York, in which made yeah. Double Fantasy the number one album. Jeez, sad yeah. way to have it happen. Oh, I know it. I know. It. What a shame. Yeah. It really, really was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into our podcast. I didn't mean to bring anybody down. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it. Uh, yeah, and again. You have to remember, in the 70s, of course, there was disco happening, 
but there was a lot of powerhouse bands that were ruling the airwaves at the time. And, mm-hmm. and for these people, nudge into the number one spot. I mean, it was, it was something. I mean, let's think about this. You had Queen. You had mm-hmm. the Jackson 5, ACDC, Aerosmith. The Rolling Stones are still playing. Fleetwood Mac comes into, into play. Blondie and Pink Floyd. I mean, they dominated the charts. Yeah. So these, these groups and people... Yeah, my hats are off to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I like the quote from last week, right? It's better to be a one-hit wonder than a one-quit blunder. <laughs> I, I got to tell my kids, you know, when you, you, you hear the uh, these people talk about people being a has-been. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, they're just a has-been. I'd want to be a has-been because that means that one time I was a been. There you go. <laughs> Uh, okay, the first one we're going to go with, if you remember this one, Nazareth Loves Hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, released in 1971, yeah. but it wasn't until 1975 when it when it was covered, the Everly Brothers Love Hurts Airwaves. So it took, yeah. about, it took them about four years to really come in uh, into their own. Yeah. And get this, you remember Keith Carradine? What is it? The actor, Keith Carradine. Oh, Keith Carradine, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm easy. One hit. Yes. And he decided, yeah. you know what? This is too tough. I'm going back to acting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is one we talked about. If you remember, 1969, near the end of 1969, Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky, right, mm-hmm. hit the number one, but it also went into 1970. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that was, that that was, was popular. With it, yeah. Yeah, you know what? And... It has been in the soundtrack of more than 60 films. Really? Yeah. yeah. Norman never, Greenbaum, never Spirit in the Sky. Yeah. Now, this one is one of my favorites. Are you ready for this one? Okay. Do you remember the group Wild Cherry? Yes. And what was her hit? You Can't remember. remember. <laughs> Play that funky music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I used to have that album. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, was that the funky music they were supposed to play? (laughs) Yeah. And was that funky music? (laughs) Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. I mean, so was it funky music or was that the funky music they were supposed to play? (laughs) That was big time. Yep. Yep. All righty. That's true. Uh, Marlon McNeil, How Do You Do? That one hit, went up very quick and came down very quick. That's probably why I don't remember. (laughs) And Frigid Pink, The House of the Rising Sun. If you remember, there were some groups that would redo hits from the 60s. That's from the Animals, House of the Rising Sun. It was very successful for them. There is. Yes. Yeah. In 1975, if you remember... Inside Looking Out was an Eric Burton song that Grand Funk Railroad also did that was a very big hit for them. Really? Another one from an R&B. I Love the mm-hmm. Nightlife. Uh, yeah. I Love the Nightlife. <laughs> I Love the Boogie. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the bell-bottom days. Oh, yeah. No, the angel mm-hmm. flights, man. That's when we could fit yep, into you them. You got it. <laughs> I had a pair of them. Oh, yeah. Everybody did. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we had our waists were a lot smaller back then, too. That's true. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Our waist was smaller than our length. 
<laughs> now it's the other way around. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and this one you'll love by Carl Douglas. Are you ready for this one? Okay. Kung Fu Fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always a fun one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this one. I had this album, and I love this song, Mississippi Queen. Oh, yeah. That was by like, Mountain. By uh, my Mountain. Uh, Mer- uh, God, I had that album, too. Yeah. Great, um, great album. By Mountain. I think the lead guitar, if I'm not mistaken, is Lily West, I think. They broke up. They they they, they formed in 1969. They broke up by 1972. So that was good. That was a great song. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite. And then yeah. I think that was also in the movie Vanishing Point. Another oh, one of movie. one of those 70 icon movies that were. When you look at them now, you think, God, they were really bad. But man, when they were there, when you were watching it as a as a teenager or as a young. Uh, 20 year old you're going oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was the uh yeah just like i watched the, gone naked, and... the naked the naked girl got on that on the <laughs> what is was the yeah. commercial you always meet the nicest people on a honda <laughs> and then the other one uh, was gone in 60 seconds yeah that oh. was a good one too. Oh, well, remember it. well yeah you think it was good until you see it again because i remember seeing the one with nicholas cage you know the new one with Angelina Jolene and Nicolas Cage. And I said, I'm going to see the original. So the original came on, on the streaming service. And mm-hmm. so I said, oh, I think I'm watching. And I'm thinking, Ooh, this was bad. <laughs> this was really <laughs> bad. <laughs> oh, how about this one? Are you ready for this one? Mango okay. Jerry in the summertime. Remember in the this? summertime. That's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and then the ram jam black betty black betty mm-hmm. Blam, yeah mm-hmm. okay a lot of these are just very short-lived yeah one hit wonderish huh? yeah yeah now this one is groundbreaking this next one was done by the sugar hill gang it is okay all right no 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 it was it hit the radio stations in the fall of 1979 was 15 minutes in length it was truly it was done by new jersey rappers who put together by sugar hill records this was one of the first successful rap songs in the music industry really yes and i actually listened to it and it sounds you know it's like hip-hop rap type of thing and this is one even because they everyone was starting to say that you know what you know it's it was the uh, rapture and i said ah that doesn't make any sense but this one right in through here was one was the first successful rap song sugar huh. gang rapper's delight huh. i mean that that changed the entire concept of music in that time i mean think about the music yeah. i mean think about how about the the rap hip-hop rap gangster rap i mean how that all came about and this was going on long before these guys made it made it uh very uh, popular i mean yeah. rap music i mean you know they were saying that you could hear this in the early 60s and early 70s on the street of like new york that's yeah. where that's where uh blondie or hera uh yeah yeah that's where she heard it and they came up with that song rapture which i have no idea what it means yeah <laughs> ah <laughs> Timmy Thumbs, why can't we live together? 
I vaguely remember that one. That was like an anti-war song. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't recall that one at all. Yeah, vaguely remember it. But then again, I think you were just hitting teenage years in 1972. Yes. Either 13 or 14. <laughs> I'm already graduated out of high school, man. all righty and then uh what was that making our dreams come true that was that was another one but real quick and easy skylark wild flower okay are you ready for this one this one i know you'll get are you ready by Mm -hmm. t-rex you remember this one oh yeah i know t-rex yeah bang a gong get it on remember that one that was a great party song (laughs) exactly i mean that one they still play today yeah and they all get their bong (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right and there was one by pilot called magic just cracked Mm. the top 10 or a couple of weeks and there was another one romeo's tune yeah 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 you don't remember that one do you this one you'll remember by Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones. You remember that one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then this, uh, if you remember Starline Vocal Band, Afternoon Delight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was yeah, Ace, How Long? How long? Yeah. That yeah. Was, mm-hmm. Has this been going on? And then yeah. the, uh, the Boomtown Rap, I Don't Boom Like Town. Mondays. Like, who does? Never heard of it. <laughs> Patrick Hernandez, Born to Be Alive. Vicky Lawrence, you remember from the um, Carol, Burnett, Carol Burnett, Burnett Show? Yeah. Yep. The night the lights went out in Georgia. Oh, yeah. So that was that was pretty good. But now we do have some notable mentions. Oh, okay. How about Funky Town? Hit number oh, five yeah. in the pop charts in 1980. Kim Carnes with Betty Davis Eyes. Oh, yeah, that was a great. Yeah, I like that. Uh, this one, Soft Cell, hit number five, Tainted Love. Tainted Love. Yeah, Dad, you don't remember that one? I can't recall. Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid, number six. Remember that was when the music world was starting to do uh, benefits and writing songs for benefits, and all the money would go to uh, aid? Oh, yeah, Band-Aid, yes. Band-Aid, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other one yeah. was the other one uh, was "We Are the World" yeah. by USA for Africa. Oh, I didn't know who did it, but yeah, yeah. They remember "We Are the World." That was also one we that was done. Yes, anyone in music in that uh, chorus. Yes, great. That was a great. Uh, yes. great deal. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Lady in Red. Oh hit yeah, number eight. I that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, La Bamba. Yeah, an old Ricky Valens song. Oh, was it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I've had the time of my life by Bill Medley, number six, and this one everyone will remember by Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry, be happy. Oh yeah. At number two in 1988. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Those were great. Now, there's probably a lot more that I can go over, but you know what? We're running a little late, Cotton, so it's about time we put this one to a close. What do you say, buddy? Sounds like a winner to me. All right, my man. You have a great one, okay? Yeah, good good show today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was.
Have a great one. Yeah. Yeah, all right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Nos vemos después. We'd like to thank you for listening. I leave you with this one quote. I wonder if the guy who coined the phrase, One Hit Wonders, came up with any other phrases. And until next time, may God bless. <laughs>